0: On this episode of Destroy the Shield Generator, James asks, How is it possible to just jump out of the way of a force push? What is the average velocity of a force push? And does the force adhere to fluid dynamics? Plus, a new edition of It's Gonna Be Great, where James and I envision what the Bachelorette would look like in the Star Wars universe. All that and more, starting now.
1: All right, so we've been talking a lot about the, um, I mean, it doesn't feel fair to call it plot-centric, but it usually comes up with like a plot-based question or a character-based question, and then we have like these weird detours off of that where we start talking about windows and things like that. So this is a bit of a different starting point at least, and then we'll see where it takes us.
0: Great. So
1: I have a question about the Force. (laughs) Okay. And it's not about like, The force as a force, if that makes any sense, which it doesn't. (laughs) It's a question about the force in terms of like how it works, not how it works. Here's the deal. There's one lizard guy. I I don't remember who he is, but I looked in our text message history and I asked a question about homeboy lizard dude, right? I'm guessing it's Bosk, but okay, go ahead. Bosk, like the detective on the Amazon Prime show. No, <laughs> his name is Bosh. All right. Anyways, my question is: Is the force like a gust of wind? Hmm. Because that that guy, homeboy lizard dude, or Bosk, as apparently he's named, was chasing after. Let's just say Ahsoka. Right? He's chasing after her, and I remember that she like pushes the force at him, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. And he like dodges it. He he jumps to the side. And the Force just passes him by, and he's done. That's it.
0: This was in The Clone Wars, right? Yes, this is in The Clone Wars. Okay. I, I remember this, and I remember thinking the same thing when I watched it. And then I remember when you were watching it, you texted me about it. Like, you referenced our iMessage thread. And I remember thinking, oh, yeah, like, that's a thing. It's a really interesting question that gets, as you said, sort of to the foundation of how the Force works. And I'm not sure that there is a good explanation for it. But let's sort of let's sort of dive into at least what we th- perceive the force to be. So if you're a force user, my interpretation, which could be super wrong, is that with the force, you can almost like select an object in your mind and then choose to move that specifically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That seems more intuitive, right? It's like if I'm gonna like move it, like you know, an object to come to my hand like that makes sense right the gust of wind thing is weird like a force push in my mind is you're you're like highlighting the thing that you're pushing and then pushing it you're not pushing the air molecules in front of the thing is is that sort of how you're intuitively maybe perceiving the force if if anything
1: yeah I mean I didn't process it like that but yeah that's a that explanation makes sense. Cause like, let's do the opposite of that. Okay. Last week we were talking about Luke on Hoth. Yes. Right? He's hanging upside down. He sees the lightsaber stuck in the snow and he like reaches for it with the force. Yeah. That scenario would imply that if I stepped between Luke and the lightsaber, that You're the caught
0: force in it, yeah. Would
1: Yeah. Either I would get like pulled in towards Luke or I would interrupt. Like, his ability to pick up the lightsaber.
0: You're right. Okay. So, okay, I have, like, two, like, divergent thoughts here. Because one idea that I have is the idea of maybe force users just sort of, quote, unquote, like I said, highlight or, like, select the actual air molecules Mm. in between the person and them. But there's, there's two problems with that. Number one is why does the Force work in space? hmm And then number two, I can think of in The Last Jedi when Kylo takes Rey to come before Snoke's throne. Remember how she tries to pull the lightsaber off of his throne? It swings around her and then hits her in the back of the head and then goes back to Snoke? yeah. So, Snoke is like using the force through her. She's not caught in it, like we just said, like a minute ago. So,
1: all this said, I
0: don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Have there been any other times that you've seen the force used like that?
0: I'm trying to think of is the force ever used through other objects or like behind other objects
1: no i'm saying like have you ever seen the force like a force push get dodged like that oh off
0: the top of my head i can't think of no i can't think of another example of that okay so maybe it is that this would this is the like a logical explanation but i don't think it makes like story sense is like maybe the typical standard is for okay focus on the object highlight in your brain the object and lift it up, pull it, push it, whatever. And then in this situation with Ahsoka, she just didn't do that and decided, I'm just going to blow a bunch of air in his direction this time. She's going to go like Dragon Ball Z
1: yeah. on him. Yeah. Without the big wind up. Without the big wind up, that's right. So then let's have some fun with it. Okay. Two force users. One of them does the force push. The other does a force push back. Does the force push meet in the middle?
0: Does it cancel out? I I mean, yeah. I think physically it would have to.
1: Because like in, what's the one called where Kylo and Rey pull the lightsaber apart? My That's, favorite Star Wars movie.
0: It's also The Last Jedi. That takes place like five minutes after the scene I just mentioned.
1: Yep. They're both like focusing on the lightsaber and they pull it in half.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: So what would it look like? For them to force push into each other. Okay, no, let us let me let me qualify this a little bit more cleanly. If it's not like a gust of wind, mm-hmm. right? If you're not moving the air or the molecules that push the person and it's the object itself, then they both force push each other and they fly in <laughs> opposite directions, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: I think so. Unless they're grounding themselves with the force somehow too.
1: Man, this is a major plot hole. We're destroying Star Wars right now. I don't think I can watch this show anymore or the movies.
0: <laughs> no, it's done. Unwatchable.
1: Hey, what's HVV?
0: HV I don't I'm not sure.
1: Cuz I'm I just googled, "Can you dodge a force push?" Okay. And I have a question and there's a, a rebellion logo on it. It's on Reddit actually. It says, "I want the community's opinion on this one. In HVV, the shock abilities just seem overpowered compared to the force powers as you can easily dodge a force push and force freeze." but not an electric shock. Seems unfair to me, but you guys might have another opinion, let me know. And somebody else says, the fact that the force moves in an open space are able to be dodged is stupid. Blocked? I can understand. Shocks, if you are standing in it or were directly hit, should stun, but if you're above a shock, you should be untouched. I agree. If you're above a shock, you should be untouched. See, giving heroes an edge, you can't dodge Aiden's shock? Who's Iden? And it says, no, if force powers are dodgeable, all other abilities should be as well including explosives and shocks. I'm probably reading some like 9-year-olds on Reddit who are frustrated.
0: So, HVV stands for Heroes versus Villains and that is a mode in Star Wars Battlefront 2 by EA. And the Iden that you're talking about is Iden Versio who's the protagonist of the story in the game.
1: There we go. So, question answered.
0: Question we should have just gone to Reddit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, <laughs> The answer to my question of why was he able to dodge it? The answer is, if you're hit directly, it should stun, but if you're above a shock, you should be untouched. Mic drop. Thank you so much, HBK970, from a year ago. You have 24 <laughs> points. I don't know what that means, but you got 24 points.
0: <laughs> James has never been on Reddit. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I got a better uh, a better question, or maybe just like a follow-up question. Assuming then that a force push pushes the air what is the speed or what is the velocity of that force push is it the speed of sound is it the speed of probably not the speed of sound because it would make a sonic boom dumb question is it but like what's the velocity and how much time would a person have to perhaps react to it
1: i'm sure it's it varies depending on the force user but the reaction time you know, it feels like a batter standing at home plate. I bet we're looking at 90 to 100 miles an hour. Considering yeah.
0: the the physical weight that air actually has. Like air's pretty heavy. What? <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> air is not heavy? Yes it is. True fact. If you put a glass but, box uh, around the Eiffel Tower, the air in that box would weigh more than the Eiffel Tower. Really? Yes.
1: Gosh, look at, how, look at how strong I am. You can't, you can't hear me. Wait, sorry. You can hear me. You can't see me on the podcast. He's just raising the roof right now. I'm doing shoulder presses with air. Oh. No, I'm shoulder pressing okay. the Eiffel Tower. Cool. Anyway. Uh, and if Bosk was above me, he would be dodging that. Okay. Follow-up,
0: follow-up, follow-up question. What is the <laughs> diameter? Like what is the size of a force push? Is it like a foot wide? Is it six feet wide? What's your idea? Like human sized,
1: whatever, yeah, like human size, like shoulder width. Which with my broad shoulders Jeez. is like eight feet Because <laughs> I'm massive from lifting all that air. Okay, my point is,
0: sorry, my point is, is that if you have, <laughs> let's say, a six foot diameter circle of air getting pushed at ninety to a hundred miles per hour, I'm I'm not a physicist. I'm sure somebody out there could do the math. Bosk, help us out but that that is a ton of force like that is a lot of power that that person's going to get hit by unlimited power even <laughs> sure so <laughs> here's here's why let me dissect a scene here from episode 1 both of our favorites the phantom menace of course yeah Yippee. At the very beginning of the movie, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon are stuck on the Neimoidian Trade Federation <laughs> ship. What?
1: <laughs> I love that you just can pull that out. It's great. Yeah, you know,
0: I'm the expert. That's what I do.
1: Yep. Anyway. Nemoidian Trade Federation.
0: The Nemoidians are the race of people. They run the Trade Federation. They're the ones that put the blockade on
1: Naboo. Where, where you been? That's the Trade Federation.
0: They're, yeah, they're Pneumoidian. That's the The one that's species. like
1: slightly racially insensitive.
0: Yeah, that's those are the Pneumoidians. That's like their yeah, species. I shouldn't say slightly. I should
1: say like very.
0: Extremely, yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: anyway, very beginning of the movie. They send a bunch of battle droids to kill Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. Obi-Wan uses a force push on mm-hmm. a couple of droids, and they fall back maybe like six feet. Mm-hmm. If they're getting hit by a six-foot diameter gust of air at a hundred miles an hour, they're going further than six feet. Mm. So, again, there's some physicists out there listening that's on his calculator or her calculator.
1: Thank you. Because I'm not sexist like you. I've never said one sexist thing on this podcast intentionally. <laughs> okay, there you go. Okay, anyway, as a father of daughters. <laughs> <laughs> Yes.
0: <laughs> anyway, there's probably a physicist actually running the numbers right now, but we I think it's not 100 miles an hour. That's my thesis statement. I don't know what value that necessarily brings to the to this conversation, but I would say it's more like 30 miles an hour. That's not that fast. That's still that's still a pretty solid gust though.
1: Yeah, I guess. But, like, 30-mile-an-hour winds don't knock you off your feet.
0: Mm, okay, that's true. Mm, 60 miles Unless, an hour. Unless, like,
1: somehow the force is, like, a solid block of air. Ooh. All those midichlorians just, like, they grab they just, hands. They hold hands. And they clothesline you. <laughs> like Red Rover. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I found something interesting here. Okay. The car, you. Mm -hmm. on reddit has five points (laughs) (laughs) and three years ago he says uh dooku was able to jump above the combined push from anakin and obi-wan in clone wars season six
0: that's right get this
1: this is where it gets exciting he dodged it and let the attack hit the enemy crowd So he jumps over a force push and a bunch of people behind him get get pushed back. I remember that. I don't. I, okay, that sounds
0: awesome. <laughs> it's amazing. That's totally true though. I forgot about that. That's a perfect example that it is like a gust of wind. That's that's it.
1: Yeah. And then is it visible? Like how do you know how fast it's going? And it's like one little like cloud of air mm-hmm. of wind. That you can jump over and land on the other side of. Yeah. It's not like this continuous gust.
0: No. Gust. (laughs) Gust. Jeez. You just loved saying that word. Yeah. Okay. It sucks to be those bystanders. (laughs) Can you imagine? Do you think Obi-Wan and Anakin were like, oh, no, we didn't consider (laughs) the collateral damage that might have been possible from this. Even if it hit Dooku, wouldn't it have still hit them? Yeah, Dooku would have hit them. (laughs) It would have hit Dooku into them. Like, there's no...
1: So, what if you're just, like, walking down the street and you're like, wow, that guy just jumped really high. I wonder what... Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. That's one really strong 100-mile-an-hour gust of wind. That's six feet across. (laughs) (laughs) Heavy in the Eiffel Tower. I wish James was here to lift that air above my head.
0: <laughs> it's ridiculous. Okay. Here's here's another question. Is because air, again, physicists out there have, <laughs> have better words for this. <laughs> but I, I remember from my physics class in high school <laughs> that like the air opera and from watching Mythbusters, to be fair. <laughs> ha. That air operates like a fluid, like it, it adheres to fluid dynamics. So it is therefore possible that you could do a force push underwater as well, and that would be way more destructive because water is way heavier and the water pressure is a lot more of a factor than air pressure. Huh? So why didn't they... In those episodes on like Mon Calamari, where they're underwater with their lightsabers and stuff, like why weren't they just doing a bunch of force pushes underwater? Because those would be like wicked
1: powerful. Yeah, they'd be wicked powerful, man. Wicked. They'd like that's my new Englander accent. That's bad. <laughs> you see the sax play; they're wicked good. Oh gosh, you sound like a cheap Matt Damon. I mean, have you seen me? I'm pretty much a
0: cheap are. Matt Kind of. A... <laughs> <laughs> that's not a that's not a wrong description, all things considered I'm hurt You should say I'm a more expensive Matt Damon Cheap Ben Affleck That's you What about me? What about <laughs> me screams Ben Affleck in the slightest?
1: You white? You Ben Affleck <laughs> <laughs> So stupid Anyways, where were we?
0: Force push underwater would be more powerful.
1: It would be. Yeah. I mean, the other question, and maybe this is for another time, why aren't they always just doing force pushes?
0: That's a, yeah. I know in, I believe in the Knights of the Old Republic game, force push is like an ability that you can do, but it's, you can't do it like forever. Like it, 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 there's like a, there's like a cooldown period, which means you have to wait until to do it again.
1: So you need to allow time for the midichlorians to gather,
0: yeah, in front to of like you again come, to like come back to you and be like, yeah, yeah. They, they have to unclasp their hands and then return, <laughs> return back to you, and like, okay, we're ready to go again. Yeah, I, so I mean, I would, I would assume that it's just it's fatiguing. So like, it's like any other thing. Like it just takes a lot out of you, so you can't just, yeah. you can't just because air is so heavy. Because air is very heavy. And also, think about this, James. If you're pushing all the air away from you, you can't breathe anymore. (laughs) (laughs) No, in reality, right, you just create like a a tailwind for yourself as it replenishes the air that you are standing in and deplenishing.
1: So you need two Jedi, one to do the strong force push and one right behind them to do a more mellow force push to give them oxygen.
0: Yeah. Or... wait a second (laughs) or what you can do is if you line a bunch of Jedi up you can just like sequentially like force push force push force push like one after another and then just there's like a force tornado yeah that'd be amazing and then Dooku jumps over it and all the bystanders get
1: hit (laughs) (laughs) and they end up just looking like the cow in Twister yeah, yeah, exactly. And the Jedi are just like, oh, oh no, we didn't even think of them. <laughs> no, they just act like nothing happened. They just kind of like walk away and cover their faces like. Mm, mm, oh.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: That's <laughs> what I would do. Mm, I believe so, it. So have we like determined that the force is basically a gust of wind? At least the force push. I think so. I think the
0: force push is a gust of wind, Yes. There's a couple other things in my mind, though, that like if you're going to pick up an object or something, which is a more standard thing to do with the force, apparently, if the movies are any indication or if any piece of Star Wars is any indication, is it the same thing where you're 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 highlighting and picking up the object or are you picking up like the air around the object? I think it's just the object. I think it's just the object. That's kind of a dumb point, because then like. Yoda picking up the X-wing out of the swamp would have a big bubble of water around it. So, like... See, my thought process
1: since midichlorians were introduced is that, like... In 1999? uh, Yeah. I'm retconning it. I think... Did I use that correctly? I don't know. Finish the sentence. (laughs) All right. So, like, the way that I think of it now is, like, midichlorians are basically atoms, but they're alive. Sure. Right? Microscopic life forms,
0: symbiotic relationships.
1: So like the midichlorians are like in the X-wing and like around it. So it might be like immediately around it, but like so close that it's basically touching it.
0: Yeah. I think that midichlorians are only in living things though. Let
1: me check. I love midichlorians. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Midichlorians are only within living cells, not on just objects so they're not in the air. No, they don't so, like, need, you they, can't, they don't need so to be. So then you
1: can't you can't force push the wind.
0: I don't my understanding is that you don't need to. You just uh, like the midichlorians are what give a person an ability to manipulate objects.
1: Oh, I thought that like midichlorians were in the air and force sensitive people could manipulate them. Am I so wrong on that? Uh I I don't
0: think so. I don't know. Can we just agree? Like the Midachlorians are just a dumb idea and shouldn't have, should never been introduced.
1: I love Midachlorians. Oh my gosh. They're my favorite. I wouldn't watch Star Wars if it wasn't for (laughs) Midachlorians.
0: You saw episode one where Qui Gon takes the blood test of Anakin and Mm -hmm. describes Midachlorians, and you're like, yes, finally this franchise. Finally. Something to watch for And in
1: fact That's the only reason I'm watching that Disney Plus series Like I can't wait For them to start Engaging with the idea Of the midichlorian
0: That Disney Are you talking about The Mandalorian?
1: No The midichlorian You're mispronouncing it
0: Oh I know So it's starring
1: A Mandalorian But ultimately It's going to be about A midichlorian
0: Okay I see what you're saying One
1: (laughs) midichlorian
0: Just one of them Just one (laughs) of them Of the trillions All right, James, um, I have an idea for a segment this time. This is a segment a, or, or a question for you. Oh. Well. Role reversal. Yeah, let me, let me rephrase that a little bit, because, I mean, while it is literally a question for you, it does, it does sort of fit into one of our classic and fan-favorite segments that we occasionally revisit here on Destroy the Shield Generator. <laughs> I have a segment here of It's Gonna Be Great, Where we where we take um, ideas for you know Star Wars stories or for you know movie TV show whatever some kind of Star Wars story that doesn't exist that we would like to exist and then you Uh and I sort of piece together what it looks like and what it would do and you know all that kind of stuff. But the reason this is a question for you is because you are more of an expert on this particular sort of. Let's call it a genre.
1: I like where this is going.
0: Okay. So here's what I want to ask you In Star Wars, obviously, just like in our galaxy and in our world, they have their own stories. Like they have their own entertainment that is, you know, contained to that universe. It doesn't have to do with, you know, some other galaxy like Star Wars is to us. Yeah, yeah. And one of the most popular genres in 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 human earth, you know, syndication would be sort of a reality dating TV show. Yes. And so sort of my it's 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 going to be great slash question for you is what does the bachelorette look like in Star Wars?
1: Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Take your time. I, you, I know you have a lot of
1: thoughts. <laughs> so many thoughts. I mean, well, first off, we got to start with our bachelorette. Mm-hmm. It's got to be somebody who's like strong but misunderstood in some way. Ahsoka. Ah, uh, no, we're not going to Ahsoka. Okay. Too strong. Do
0: you have a character in mind?
1: I do. Think sequel trilogy. Ray. No. Oh, you're going too big. Like. Angelina Jothi. Oh, Rose. Rose. Yes. Oh,
0: my gosh. I know where. I know. I can, <laughs> I can. I see. I see a pun coming from a mile away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, tellers, I love The Bachelor and Bachelorette. I did not make the Rose connection. Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> I literally thought, like, oh, I see what James is pulling. I see what James is gearing up to do.
1: No. Wow. No. Okay. Okay, good. They typically take somebody who's, um, I mean, not always polarizing, because you want somebody who has, like, a general, like, mass appeal, but they can take somebody who's polarizing, but who is polarizing for a misunderstood reason Yeah. and use that. They can leverage that to make her even like more appealing as a protagonist. Yeah. That's Rose.
0: That's Rose for sure.
1: That's Rose. So you have Rose. Now, next, one of the major characters in the Bachelor Nation is mm-hmm. also the Bachelor Mansion. Yeah. And I need your help for this. The Bachelor Mansion is in Malibu, in the Malibu Hills. Okay. Or like somewhere up in that general area, PCH, and you got the hills, not a lot going on up there, right? Ooh. Where where would the the bachelor mansion be in the Star Wars universe? So you have Rose, she's setting up camp. Where?
0: Um, my first thought is like of just pure like fancy and like class and cleanliness. Like my first thought is Canto Bite, the casino planet, but that is where Rose. Like was a s- child slave, so that's probably not going to be terribly romantic. Not gonna work. <laughs> um, <laughs> my second thought, and maybe this is a, <laughs> maybe this. <laughs> my second thought, and maybe this is a little bit more palatable, but only just, and you'll see why in a second. Would be the idealistic planet of Alderaan. Oh, but that got blown up. All right, so we're going to mix up some timelines here. Or we can stay like canonical timelines. And we can, uh, my my third thought, my final thought, is the planet uh, Naboo because Thede seems nice. Go out into the countryside, right? Get sort of that prequel like scenery. You can ignore yeah. the prequel love love stories because this is clearly going to be a better love story than what that was. But at least get the scenery. The most
1: dramatic love story in Star Wars history.
0: Yeah. Let's say that the, in the Star Wars universe, the, the Bachelor mansion or the Bachelorette mansion is, you know, out in, in the wilderness outside of the capital of Naboo in this beautiful sort of Tuscany-looking, you know, Riviera.
1: Beautiful. Love Be- it. Love it. Okay. and You have Rose as the Bachelorette. Now you also need a Chris Harrison figure. Now Chris Harrison is the host of the, the okay. Bachelor and Bachelorette. That's who He's that like is. He's like the MC. Yeah.
0: You mentioned him all you 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 mentioned Chris Harrison all the time as like this reference that you assume I get. I've never known that.
1: Oh really? I, I love Chris Harrison. No. He's the greatest. Oh. Okay. So <laughs> you need a Chris Harrison figure. So the question is who is Chris Harrison? Now you said Naboo, and I think well, the MC has to be Jar Jar. No. Oh that my gosh. Work. Is it L-O-5-3? Uh, I mean, we already I already called L-O-5-3 the Chris Harrison of Star Wars. But he's a little bit too robotic. Chris Harrison is is still very human. Like charming and, okay. <laughs> yeah, charming, efficient. But like, as the plot moves along, like he drives the story forward. He puts on some pressure, but he also sits down and cares about like the heart of the the people involved, right? So I'm trying to think who would the who would the perfect host of a dating game show be that we know of? Hmm. And somebody who's not like the young hotshot type, but also not like the old out of touch type. So like, when you look at that Han Solo, you're out, dude.
0: Yeah, Poe Dameron's out.
1: Poe, you're out. Obi Wan, you're also out. Yeah. I know that you're wise, that you're caring. Mm-hmm. You're out, Luke. You're too big of a star. Finn? Finn,
0: maybe? (laughs) What about... uh, What are you laughing at?
1: I mean, I could make some jokes about the Bachelor and diversity at that point, but I'm not going to go there quite yet. (laughs) Okay.
0: What about even as old as he is, like Lando?
1: He's got
0: the charm...
1: Lando's too much of a playboy.
0: Okay. Lando's
1: the host of the spin-off show that's on MTV or something.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: Right? Where it's like the stuff that they couldn't show you on The Bachelorette. Yeah. So it's not going to be Lando either. Okay. What about like a, like a
0: General Hux kind of character <laughs> that's not appealing at all? <laughs> no, it's not. No. Who's
1: Whoops. like just like a lovable secondary character? You know, and maybe not even secondary, but like third-ledary. third, legendary
0: third, <laughs> third, legendary a third, legendary character, Maz Kanata. She's super old.
1: Maz, no, Maz is coming in. She's like the like. Let me help the Bachelorette out in like the third week when like you're starting to really get things real. You're getting down to like those fourteen contestants, and you start making the first cut that hurts. Is fourteen Maz comes in. is fourteen supposed to be a small
0: number in this context?
1: Oh, yeah, it starts at twenty five so oh, what? yeah, that is too many, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so let's put the host on hold for now because that's that's a tricky one. We might have to do a pretty hefty like casting call on that one at the same time, though, like that seems like a really big deal
0: to like figure out, right?
1: Uh, let's Let's kind of come up with a structure first, ok, Chris Harrison, I know you're listening. This isn't to discount your role and importance in The Bachelorette, but, like, it's actually stating the importance. Like, we can't find anybody in the Star Wars universe who Got you. who would fit the role, right? Yeah. So, you have Rose. You have yeah. her background story. You have her kind of telling, like in this supercut, like, "Hey, people didn't understand me. This is what the hurtful things people said were." But like, I overcame, and I'm excited. And you have the dramatic build-up music about why mm-hmm. she's the best female in the history of the universe. And then you get the super cut where like you're going from one guy to the next talking about their backstories. Yeah. You have a few guys who have some weird gimmicks who are like, oh, I know that you're going to be eliminated in the first week. You have the one guy who you're like, oh, I think you're going to be a competitor. But you're surprised because they're cut pretty early on and maybe they even turn out to be the villain. And then you have the one that you think is awesome and they turn out to be like one of the final four shoe-ins. So like it's always fun. You have somebody who's like, A surfer, you have a lot of personal trainers, you have (laughs) a couple of like, maybe there's one person who's like uber successful, like the one guy who built the Venmo app. No joke. They had him on there once. Yeah. So, whatever Venmo and Star Wars is. So, you have like kind of that super cut episode. First episode starts with the like one guy who gets way too drunk, way too fast, and is eliminated right away. You have the one person that you thought was going to go far and gets eliminated quickly. It doesn't really work. All right. We won't spend too much time on the first episode. Where it really starts to get fun is when you get down to like the 10 or so candidates where they start to travel, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They travel to these exotic locales and they experience these different customs. Okay. And they do some things that are different. They take some risks. Mm-hmm. They're a little bit different in terms of like, I'm scared, but I trust you. And my walls are coming down. Yeah. Right. They have these deep conversations. Then while that's happening, the other 10 guys are talking about like, oh, this guy's here for the wrong reasons, blah, 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 blah. You probably have some cultural misunderstandings because it's probably portrayed from a dominant culture perspective. And there's one person who's from like a different cultural background who's not quite understood. And that person gets demonized and pushed out. And then like- they do the super, like, the, the compilation clips of, like, will she actually find love and Rose cries? And then she starts talking about her sister who died and, like, I don't want to lose out on love and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. And it goes to the end. So that's great. Like, that's the plot. That's how it's going to go. Two questions remain for me. One is, who's our host? Mm-hmm. Two is, what does she hand out for the Rose ceremony?
0: the Okay, fill me in, being a bachelorette, bachelor, like naive person. What does the rose symbolize? Love. Is that like the one at the end gets it? Or is there like a rose every week? No,
1: no, no, no. There's a rose ceremony every week. So let's say that there's 25 guys. Okay. And guys is a limiting term in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Right? Because there's multiple species that I'm sure will be involved. Right? Yeah. (laughs) That feels weird. Lots of species that are involved. Twenty-five of them and it's kind of musical chairs like where there's 25 contestants mm-hmm. and 22 roses and three guys are eliminated and then you get the dreaded two-on-one date where it says there's uh two guys one rose one stays one goes and then the bachelor goes on a date with two guys and keeps one and eliminates the other so like okay. the rose is like the ticket to you advancing and then at the very end the guy who gets the final rose is the guy who poses okay
0: So your original question on this was what is the rose ceremony or what is physically the rose?
1: Yeah. Okay. What does she hand out to everybody? What's a symbol of love? Is it a jar of sand? Mm? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think, I don't think that would be it. I mean, they
0: do still have flowers in star Wars. So like it's probably still some kind of a flower if we're going Mm. just a direct adjacent thing.
1: What is it called? Is it a corsage that you pin? Yeah. So it's a corsage rose that she pins onto their their coats. Okay. Are there corsages in the Star Wars universe? Let's ask Wikipedia.
0: <laughs> Let me ask Google first how to spell it. Let's see. Wikipedia corsage. No results for corsage on Wikipedia. So No, they do not exist in the Star Wars universe. Dang. Let me type. So, Wikipedia has a lot of pages for just, like, generic words. So, like, there's a Wikipedia page for flowers. (laughs) um, And it just gives, like, literally a one-sentence definition of flowers that would be accurate to, like, Earth as well. There's also a list of appearances in the Star Wars universe of flowers. But there's no, like, special detail on them or anything like that.
1: So, just generic flower. Maybe it's just a flower that they hand out? Star Wars flower. Do you know what? I just got the perfect idea for the host of Star Wars Bachelorette.
0: Oh, who is it?
1: It is Shmi's husband. No. Uncle Owen's dad. No. Yes. Why? Because of his romantic speech when he's at Shmi's funeral. He understands love. You're putting your hands... You're, those are some face palms. No. Just accept... That's it. not
0: it. You said that Poe Dameron could not be the host. Yeah. But you're saying, Kleeg Lars, come on down. I know you only got one leg. I know you're super old. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Young Uncle Owen. Okay, we're mixing timelines again. I thought we said we weren't going to mix timelines. I said we were going to mix timelines. We have to mix timelines. No, we don't. Why do we? Why? Because <laughs> it's obvious. It's not obvious. If it's Rose as the character, as the Bachelorette, we have to stick with sequel trilogy characters. If you want to break, <laughs> if, if, if break the timeline, then okay. But we have a lot more possibilities. But not Klieg Lars. That's ridiculous. <laughs> You're fired from this podcast if you think that's a serious (laughs) suggestion. Oh, man. (sighs) So if we're opening it up to any Star Wars era, we could pick like young versions of any character we want at this point, too. So there's if you're talking background characters, there's like Wedge and Biggs, all the Gold Squadron, Red Squadron, Pilots. Porgans. Porgans, of course. Je- Jeb Porgans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what about the flying guy in episode one that owns Anakin?
0: Oh, uh, Watto? Watto. Um, does Watto come across to you as a Chris Harrison type? Not at all, but it's a funny thing to imagine. Okay, but then like... <laughs> Here's the problem with this segment at this point is that only one of us is taking this Star Wars <gasps> Bachelorette idea seriously.
1: <laughs> Two-headed guys who called the Padres.
0: <gasps> oh, that'd be fun. That's it. That would be fun.
1: I think they'd do a great it's job. It's like their own co-hosts. Yeah. They take wow. it seriously, but not too seriously.
0: Let me find their names. Oh, my gosh. It's
1: like Scott and Steve. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wow, their names are Chris and
1: Harrison. Oh, wow. Um, it's Chris Harrison. <laughs> Fun fact, those guys were based off of Chris Harrison. <laughs> That's true.
0: Okay, no, their names are Fode and Bead. Fode and bead. Fode. And it Bede. has a
1: nice ring to it.
0: Yeah. Fode <laughs> and bead. Oh man. They ha- okay, here's the here's the real thing though. They have experience providing commentary. Mm-hmm. on occurrences they obviously have charm and a sense of humor they're comfortable in front of a microphone and that's i mean that's what you really need
1: <laughs> they'll never live up to the real chris harrison but they'll get close yeah i bet they look great in a suit too
0: in the in one suit
1: in one suit
0: yeah two colors <laughs> why is it have to be two
1: colors Two collars. Oh, oh, that's an interesting development. Two collars in one suit. You need two ties. In their pod racing uniform,
0: they just kind of have one head hole, one collar. (laughs) Don't
1: ever call it that again. (laughs) Uh, Why does that feel
0: so weird? That's not like a bad thing, right?
1: It's not. It just sounds funny. It just sounds awful. Yeah, That was the joke um, <laughs> um, So one collar Two heads Do they have one neck? No, two necks They're just a wide base
0: Yeah, I'll, let me send you a picture
1: These are the important details we need to know
0: Yeah, if they're going to be our Chris Harrison We need to know this
1: Oh, four arms, I didn't realize that That's a complicating factor But I think it'll work <laughs> So Fode and Bede are our hosts. Yeah. They welcome Rose to the Bachelorette Mansion. We have our 25 contestants are introduced. Mm-hmm. You have a, a, a diverse group. Yeah. Not, not too diverse, though. It's mostly like a dominant group. And then you have a few that you know are going to get eliminated pretty early, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfairly. Yes. But they're going to be misunderstood. Uh, you're going to have some group dates that are going to be very awkward. They're going to force the contestants to do like some stand-up comedy, mm-hmm. to do some like feats of strength that aren't going to go very well. Some people are <laughs> going to take it too seriously. One guy's not going to participate at all and start crying because he has some sort of trauma in the past, and it's going to get him close to Rose. And the rest of the contestants are going to complain <gasps> because he's not there for the right reasons, and he's just gaming the system. He doesn't really care about her because if he cared about her, he'd actually participate in it. But... Honestly, it doesn't matter because everybody knows that there's one guy that she cares about. And then at the moment, we realize there's one guy she cares about. The villain emerges and starts just kind of wreaking havoc on everything. You know that Rose doesn't really like him, but the producers put pressure on Rose to keep him there to drive the ratings up. Okay. Yeah. And finally, she sees the light and eliminates him in dramatic fashion, usually on the two-on-one date. Two guys, one rose, one stays, one goes. He goes. <laughs> and it ends with love.
0: Love for Rose. A rose for, yeah. A rose for Rose. A rose for Rose.
1: And then they break up three months later. Of course, that's that's
0: necessary. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but man,
0: Bachelor in Paradise is sure going to be great. Wow. Where's, where's the paradise, do you think?
1: Wherever the Rogue One planet was.
0: There's a couple of planets in Rogue One. You mean the uh, one that Scarif? gets destroyed, Scarif? The paradise is the planet that gets destroyed. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good.
1: Oh, and everybody, everybody gets insta-famous. By the way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, all of them. Obviously.
1: Any questions about any questions about the Star Wars Bachelor Nation?
0: The bachelor, What? What's Bachelor Nation?
1: Oh, you don't know the term Bachelor Nation? Nope. Oh man, all the contestants. On, so. One bachelorette, twenty five bachelors. Mm-hmm. Those twenty five bachelors, only one of them wins, but the rest of them remain in Bachelor Nation. Okay. And like they all kind of hang out, socialize with each other, get insta famous, go to music festivals together, date each other, okay. have parties, and end up back in Bachelor in Paradise every year that goes by twenty four to twenty five people. Okay. And uh, like you remain in Bachelor Nation. So once you're on the show, you part. You're you're a member of Bachelor Nation. Okay. Yeah.
0: So what was your
1: question? I don't even remember. You're the one who asked what Bachelor Nation was.
0: Well, you had brought it up because you said like, what do you, I think you said like, what do you think of Bachelor Nation in the Star Wars universe?
1: When I said Bachelor Nation, I guess in that context, I thought of it in terms of like the uh, Marvel Extended Universe, like the Bachelor Universe of the Star Wars universe. Do you have any questions about what that looks like? Yeah. So the same
0: sort of things happen, right? They continue to... Date each other. They're famous.
1: They're known, etc.
0: No, I don't think I have any questions about that necessarily.
1: <laughs> Except for when's it gonna air? Because you're gonna watch it and love it.
0: The Star Wars one.
1: If there was a Star Wars Bachelorette, you would watch it. Of course, I would. You'd want to be a in it.
0: No, I'm. I'm now I'm in a relationship.
1: <laughs> uh, that's actually part of the Bachelor too. What? Yeah. Oof. People who are on the show and it gets discovered that they have a girlfriend back home. Ugh. Happens every year, like clockwork. That's not good. It's great. Oh. <laughs> it's a terrible show. Why do I watch it?
0: Why do you watch this show? Let's end this segment by questioning the fact that, like, you adore this show and it's objectively disgusting in, like, every measurable way.
1: Every. Yeah, I can't argue that, actually.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's... Ugh. (laughs) All right, let's just end the segment, then. (laughs) (laughs) We end the segment with, I have have no way of of standing up for the fact that I adore this show. I know it's terrible. (laughs) Good night. Destroy the Shield Generator is created by Joseph Jasper and James Walker. Our theme music is produced by Roy Thompson, who's better known as Royish Good Looks. You can support him through the links in our show notes. Join us next time on Destroy the Shield Generator. But until then, always remember, it's going to be great.